Welcome to Dig Deep, the mining podcast. In this podcast, we discuss, educate and talk about industry news and hot topics, company reviews and live interviews with mining professionals and leading figures in the mining industry. Introducing your host, Rob Tyson, founder and director of Mining International. With a career covering nearly two decades, Mining International partners with new and junior miners and larger predominant players in the market. With no further ado, here is your host, Rob Tyson. Hi, mining community. Welcome back to another episode of the Dig Deep the Mining podcast. And today's guest is Eugene Antonov, who's the Chief Operating Officer of Trans-Siberian Gold Management. Um, who are focused on low-cost, high-grade gold mining operations in Russia. Um, Eugene is a mining executive with 20 years of corporate and mine site experiences, um, consisting of operations and finance uh, on a uh, global perspective, um, with a proven track record in North America and Eurasia. Um, I thought it would be good to get Eugene on the podcast and tell us what exciting things are um, happening in Russia um, and what's the outlook for the country um, in the virtual mining space. So with no further ado, I'd like to um, wel- welcome Eugene. How are you doing, Eugene? Hello, Rob. It's my pleasure to be on your program today. Yeah, thank you very much for taking the time to, uh, to do this. Um, just want to obviously start, uh, how we obviously start these uh, podcasts is giving the audience a little bit about your background um how you got to where you are today and then we can start speaking about um trans siberian gold um, and i've got some questions around that so if you can give the audience a, a flavor of your um your background from from when you graduated sure i have uh, more than 20 years of experience in the mining industry primarily in managerial positions with responsibility for mine site operations and finance uh, prior to joining Trans-Siberian Gold, I have spent uh, over 10 years working for Kinross Gold, which is one of the largest Canadian gold producer, where I was a director of commercial and supply chain management operations. Between 1999 and 2007, I was employed at Bima Gold Corporation in Canada at various executive finance roles, including director of finance, until it was acquired by Kinross. Also, my previous experience includes managerial positions at Tech, another major Canadian uh, mining company. I'm a graduate of Pace University in New York and also hold an MBA degree awarded by Rotman School of Management in Toronto. I'm also a member of Chartered Professional Accountants in Canada. Okay, so you've got obviously a, a mining background and a finance background. How did you um, how did you find combining the two together? Um, I believe uh, these two skill sets complement each other because uh, clearly uh, one needs to have a great degree of financial discipline when it comes to uh, mining operations because we do not want ounces just for the sake of having ounces. We want profitable ounces and efficient and financially disciplined operations. Yes, certainly. Um, Okay, I wonder if you can tell us a little bit about uh, 
Trans-Siberian Gold. Um, obviously, you've been there for a few few years now. You're the COO. Can you just give us a little bit of a background um, to the company um, and where you are up to where you are today? Sure. Uh, Trans-Siberian Gold is a, an established, high-grade, low-cost gold producer located in Kamchatka, Far East Russia, where we have mining operations at 100% owned Asacha mine, which is a low sulfidation at the thermal gold silver deposit. We have been operating this mine since 2011 and produced over 300,000 ounces of refined gold. Our guidance, production guidance for uh, this year is between 38 and 42,000 ounces. Trans-Siberian is listed on AIM market of the London Stock Exchange and currently majority of its shares is owned by U of G Asset Management, which has been investing institutional and private capital in Russia and other CIS countries since 1996. We are a small but responsible gold producer with a commitment to ESG policy. And we, uh, we want to grow. It's part of our strategy. Okay. Um, you mentioned, obviously, where the mine site is in a place called, um, and I'll try and pronounce it, uh, Kamchaka. Um, can you just tell us about that particular region in which you operate, what's it like? I understand it's, I suppose it's pretty, pretty remote. Um, yeah, if you can just give us a idea of the setting of where this mine site is. Uh, Kamchatka is located in the very far east tip of Russia. And just to give you a context, it takes about nine hours by plane to get there from Moscow. So it's quite remote. Uh, but it's also a very underexplored region from geological standpoint because it has been closed to the locals and foreigners during Soviet times. Yet it is located on the rim of fire, which accounts for most significant gold deposits globally. Thus, it's a very prospective area for mining operations and exploration activity. It's known for its... Uh, typical high-grade deposits. In our case, our average grade of our measured and indicated uh, reserves is about 14 grams per ton. And uh, for inferred resources, it's in the range of 20 grams per ton. As you can see, it is quite high-grade. Okay. Um, what's, the, what's the area like in terms of temperature, um, the surroundings, Etc. And how I suppose how does that differ from maybe where else you've worked before? And I suppose I've just given the audience a bit of a picture of where you are in Russia, um, and I suppose a bit of a background to to what it's like working working there. Uh, it is definitely a challenged location in terms of uh, logistics and climate-wise. It is uh, in the northern part of Russia and therefore uh, experiences uh, really low temperatures in wintertime. It can uh, dip to minus 30 degrees Celsius. 
Another challenge is that in the winter time, uh, there usually uh, lots of snow uh, up to 10 meters in depth uh, occasionally, which represents some challenges for transporting the equipment and materials that are required to support the operations. However, we have uh, managed to uh, harness these challenges successfully and are able to provide our mining operations year-round with all the necessary consumables. Yeah. Um, what kind of logistical problems do you have? It's primarily the lead time, so okay. which requires us to plan our demands well in advance. For example, on average, it takes about three months to deliver the required equipment and materials from major hubs such as Moscow or China, where it's being produced. Therefore, uh, of utmost importance is the accuracy of planning our requirements. Okay. Um, um, so what's unique about the uh, Trans-Siberian Gold project, uh, obviously, that you're involved in? As I mentioned, we are uh, located in, in uh, one of the most underexplored regions, not only in Russia, but also in the world. Uh, and we have been successfully operating for almost nine years now. Uh, just a few words about uh, the country. You know, Russia is uh, one of the largest gold-producing countries in the world. It is the largest global producer of palladium and diamonds, and mining is in the DNA of this country. We have access to a very experienced labor force, 100% of which is lo local uh, labor force, and we do not have any expats on a fly-in, fly-out basis, which is a very uh, good thing because it's, it's reflected in our costs. Uh, also, Russia is also a very favorable jurisdiction when it comes to mining industry. There has been no history of state expropriation, and uh, you know we uh, believe it's very important also to mention that our people operate in a very safe environment, as well as uh, we enjoy free flow of capital. For example. Since the end of 2015, the company has returned over $21 million in ordinary and special dividend. Okay. Um, obviously, you've mentioned um, the places, obviously, uh, has a lot of, obviously, gold, in, in, I suppose, across Russia. How is it, is it for international companies to sort of enter the Russian mining market? We uh, have been operating in this country for a number of years and we have never experienced any issues on a political, from political perspective. We have uh, developed excellent relationship uh, on the provincial level and also on the federal level with the governments who are highly appreciative of our activities especially because uh, Kamchatka is also known to be one of the uh, most underdeveloped regions in Russia. And our investment in, in the mining sector, as well as uh, attracting the strongest 
uh, labor force is also very appreciated by the local government. We also happen to be one of the largest taxpayers in the region. Uh, we have not felt any difference in treatment between uh, being a foreign company involved in mining activity in Russia or being a 100% Russian-owned company. In fact, many uh, Russian gold miners are also listed in um, uh, Western Stock Exchange, including London. Uh, to give you a couple of examples, Polus and Polymetal are uh, also listed in London. Okay. Um, and obviously it seems the government are pretty cooperative um, with uh, the government's pretty, uh, I suppose, helps you with obviously the with mining. Um, how, I mean, are they pretty open to overseas investment or is there still challenges you see for companies to enter the market? Uh the, the rules of engagement are quite transparent. Okay. Um, if, uh, for example, a company wants to acquire a deposit, uh, a gold deposit, or just an exploration license, it simply has to go through a standard process, irrespective of whether it's a foreign company or a Russian company. And just to give you an example, uh, last year we have uh, acquired... Uh, another deposit also located in Kamchatka, which is only 50 kilometers away from our uh, existing mine, to give a, a Trans-Siberian gold further growth opportunities. We acquired this deposit for $3 million in open tender. Okay. What, what would you say the major challenges are in mining within Russia? Um, obviously, it seems things are a pretty good, pretty good for you guys. But there must be there must be challenges, or you've had challenges along the along the way. And do you see challenges ahead? Uh, the challenges are of the technical nature. As I mentioned, we are uh, located in a very remote area. And uh, we, uh, one of the challenges I mentioned is the uh, uh, harsh climate, yeah. as well as uh, remote logistics. Uh, there are also some challenges relating to increased water ingress levels that comes into our uh, uh, mines. And uh, we have... Uh, we have managed to tackle this issue. Okay. Um, obviously, at the time of this recording, there's obviously a lot of talk about the uh, uh, coronavirus. Um, how has the sort of latest... What's the latest at the moment in terms of market reaction to the coronavirus and the plummeting oil prices affect... The uh, trans Siberian gold, because obviously that's pretty, pretty uh, in, the, pretty lot in the news at the moment. So yeah, just wondered how that's how that's affected you guys. That's thank you, Rob. That, that's a pretty uh, good question that could be uh, that's very timely. Indeed, uh, the recent developments on the market 
have uh, definitely had an impact on uh, Russian economy and globally. For example, uh, local currency, ruble, has uh, significantly weakened over the last few days as a, as a result of uh, reduced uh, oil prices. As being a gold miner, we actually enjoy uh, significant savings because most of our costs are ruble denominated. Uh, while we uh, sell gold denominated in USD. Gold price has been quite stable uh, despite of this market turbulence. So we expect that our costs uh, on average will go down by about 10% as a result of these changes in Russian economy. And we will definitely benefit from, uh, from this. Okay. Um and again, at the time of this recording, there's a lot of implications that governments are enforcing, um, i.e. with border controls, etc., um, with this obviously coronavirus. Has that affected, uh, obviously at the time of this, has it, has it affected you so far? And if so, if it hasn't, do you think it will affect you um, as the weeks pass? And, and how much will it affect you, especially if you've got to plan so far in advance? Uh, Russia indeed has restricted some uh, foreign travel. Uh, however, as I mentioned earlier, uh, our workforce workforce is uh, primarily Russian. Therefore, our our staff, our workforce can freely travel from their home locations to the mine. Of course, we're taking uh, this situation quite seriously, and we have implemented certain precautionary measures at the site to prevent uh, people with the typical symptoms to enter the mine um, to control for the situation. But other than that, we have not felt any impact directly. Okay. And obviously you mentioned that you um, probably deal with China, that may be with some goods. Has that affected, affected you guys at all yet? Uh, not, not really, because um, most of the uh, uh, chemicals and reagents that we buy from China, well, we buy them, um, uh, we buy them in uh, annual requirement quantities. Got so you. we're fully stocked for the remainder of this year. Got you. Yeah. So it's not a, it's not a short term. It's a longer term arrangement that you have with those guys. So, um, yeah. You should be you should be fine with that at the moment. Um, okay, so what's the future for Trans-Siberian Gold? Um, and also, what's the future of Russia in mind as well? If maybe people that are listening, maybe looking at, or maybe looking at projects, or looking at sort of exploration and thinking Russia could be a uh, could be a destination for them, and um, sort of. What advice can you give them? So I suppose, first of all, what's the future with uh, trans, Trans-Siberian Gold? Trans-Siberian Gold is well poised for growth. And we do want to grow organically and also through selective accretive acquisitions. As I mentioned, we do not want to acquire ounces just for the sake of ounces. We want quality assets. And uh, we believe there are there are a couple more interesting deposits located in Kamchatka as well as in other parts of Russia. However, we're not restricted to Russia alone. We're also looking at M&A opportunities in CIS countries because those countries share 
similar uh, cultural background, similar regulatory environment, and we would feel very comfortable in those countries as well. And we're also looking at uh, jurisdictions beyond CIS, uh, Mongolia being one of them. Uh, we believe that despite there are some views and myths around Russia, uh, which is being seen by some as being a risky uh, environment, uh, and apply so-called Russia discount, but in reality, it's very stable and proven mining jurisdiction. Yeah. Well, why do you think there are myths around mining in Russia? There have been some uh, situations uh, relating to oil and gas industry, and perhaps investors relate those situations right. that occurred in the past and uh, apply the same approach to uh, other industries. However, as we know, when it comes to mining industry, there have been a number of successful companies that have been operating in Russia since the 90s. Kinros Gold uh, is another example of a very successful Western company operating in Russia. When it comes to assessing sovereign risk of the country, there are three main pillars that we believe are important. Uh, one is uh, whether there is free flow of capital, and we believe there is, and uh, the fact that we've been paying dividend for a number of years is a good evidence of that. Our assets are very secure, not only have been able to continue mining in such a mine, but we also acquired uh, a second deposit nearby. And also people uh, our people operate in uh, much safer environments than you would normally see in some remote mining operations. Okay, that, that's that's really good to hear. Um, also, uh, just uh, something else I've just thought about. What, what would you say the main differences are in mining in Russia compared to sort of some of the surrounding countries within the sort of CIS region? Is there is there a lot of differences? And if so, what are the main differences? Well, Russia is clearly the largest country in CIS and the largest country in the world. And uh, it's also the largest purchaser of gold, as you may know. Yeah. Uh, therefore, uh, gold mining operations are very welcome here. And any investment, whether foreign or domestic, is also quite welcomed in this country. Uh, perhaps in, in some other countries of CIS, the situation is different and maybe uh, other industries dominate their uh, economies. Um, another big advantage of being a gold miner in Russia is uh, having access to very experienced uh, gold mining, uh, very experienced labor force in mining industry. Okay. All right. Just want to ask one last question. So, obviously, it seems there is a lot of potential in Russia, um, and it seems the, there's a bright future uh, for mining in Russia. What advice would you give anyone that is thinking about or anticipating um, 
looking at Russia as, as their uh, next destination? I would say the number one thing is to be open-minded yeah. and look at the facts rather than at misconceptions. And secondly, it's very important to have sufficient degree of local skill sets, uh, local knowledge and cultural background when it comes to putting together a management team for your future mining operations in this country. That would be, in my view, key to success. Yeah, yeah certainly. Yeah, and that's some uh, good valid points that you've made. Um, really appreciate your time, Eugene, uh, taking the time to do this podcast. Um, I've certainly got an insight into Russia and what the and what the potential is, and I think a lot of people may um, may not know too much about Russia, um, but I certainly given a good picture of what what potential there is if anyone was looking to maybe invest there or or go and mine there. So really appreciate your time in uh, providing providing that information. Um, if any of our audience wants to sort of reach out to you, ask you any questions. Um, how can they go about doing that? Sure. Uh, my email address is eantonov, E-A-N-T-O-N-O-V, at tsgm.ru. Okay. And are you on any social media platforms at all? Yes, I'm also present on a LinkedIn platform and can be looked up there. Okay, no worries. Alternatively, you can contact myself and I can pass any uh, questions on to uh, Eugene and my email address is rob at mining-international.org. Um, really appreciate you guys listening. Um, appreciate if you can share this podcast amongst the uh, mining community. Um, also visit the website, which is up and running now, which is www.thickdeeptheminingpodcast.com, um, which you can see this episode and along with all the other episodes um, I encourage anyone listening to make any comments, recommendations, etc. Um, whether you want to see any improvements in the in the podcast, any special guests that you would like me to interview, um, and yeah, if, if there's any topics you want me to cover, I will um, try and do my best to do that. So please visit the website and um, let me know your thoughts. So until next time, happy mining! Thanks for listening to Dig Deep, the mining podcast. If there are any topics you want discussed or questions you want to ask any guests, then you can email us at rob at mining-international.org or you can follow Rob and Mining International on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter and YouTube for more content and to have your questions answered. Until next time, happy mining! <laughs>